Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp. Hi, guys. Welcome back to this week's Teddy Teapot. I am like next level pregnant right now. Like I am sitting here like having to take my sweatshirt off and everybody else is in like multiple jackets. Like it's a situation here. I am hot, sweaty and bothered. I am so excited to have Kristen Cavallari on. Not only have I like been obsessed with her for years, she's on Very Cavallari Thursday nights on E9, 8 Central. She is married to Jake Cutler and has a great jewelry line called Uncommon James, three kiddos. So we got to dig into all things pregnancy. And then later on in the episode, I am going to have on an OBGYN so we can ask all of the questions. All of us are too afraid to actually ask our doctors. It's going to be crazy. And you know what? I need to get these questions in now because like I am days away from having the baby. I mean, it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be the beginning of next week. I don't know. I'm ready. So, oh my gosh, I can't wait to dive right into it. Kristen? Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of a hot mess express right now. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Working up till the last day, huh? (laughs) I mean, it's craziness. I think that... I mean, I don't know if this happened to you, but did your mind forget everything from each pregnancy before you got pregnant with the other one? 
Oh, big time. Yeah. And now, of course, I've completely forgotten everything. Like, I have friends that are pregnant, and they're asking me questions. I'm like, I don't remember any of this stuff. So, so why, do they do, why does that happen? I'm like, honestly, the other day, I was somebody's like, are you packed for the hospital? And I was like, no. Do I have to do that? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, you do. But <laughs> I feel like. So close, right? But what did you pack? Because I feel like the first time I packed all of these ridiculous things that I never once used. Like I left with these like crazy granny panties that they gave me, and some like spray, yeah. and my like <laughs> baby take home outfit didn't fit the baby anyway. So I'm like, what? I, what do I even need? No, I know it's true. The first one you have everything imaginable, and then each one I feel like you bring less and less. You need really think you need a toothbrush, maybe some face wash, and that's about it. Maybe a, a new pair of clothes after you have the baby, and that's about it. That's what somebody said, and then one of my uh, listeners said, "Bring Tylenol PM because you need to sleep, and they're not allowed to give it to you at the hospital." Uh, but you're allowed to take it. And I was like, how did you figure this out? <laughs> so that's also interesting because my first, so I have three, I have two boys and a girl and my boys, we never sent them to the nursery. I, I think I felt bad or I didn't even know that was an option. And then my daughter, of course, the third one, I was like, oh wait, we can send her to the nursery. Best decision of my life. I actually got some sleep that night, which, which was incredible because with my boys, we were, I had Camden my first at like two in the morning. I was up all night, you know, I never slept. And same with Jackson. We, we didn't, so you start off with zero sleep. So I would say setting them up to the nursery is a game changer. I think so too. But then I don't know if this is a rumor, but where I'm having the baby, somebody's like, oh, they don't do that anymore where you can send your kids to the nursery. I'm like, I am, I'm oh. like older now. More than ever <laughs> do I want to like send the baby to the nursery. But I, I'm like totally in denial. Like my husband's like, do you think you could pack the bag or do you think you could maybe organize like a babysitter to be with the kids when you go into labor? I'm like, oh yeah, this is uh, really happening. Oh, yeah. That's the hard part. Once you have more, it's like you have to find childcare and you don't even know when it's all going to go down. So you just have to be prepared for your other kids. It's hard. And what's the age gap between your kids? So I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a four-year-old. So they're all pretty close. Okay, so I like had such a big gap because my well, I have a stepdaughter that's eleven, my daughter's seven, and then my son's five, and then this was like a total surprise. I didn't even know that I was pregnant until I was nine weeks pregnant, and um, so my kids are like at the point where like, mom, are we gonna have to be like the babysitter? I was like, yeah. I, I kind of babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, have some extra hands, which will be nice, <laughs> but. Something I'm trying to think of is like that beginning stages when you have older kids, like how much downtime did you have with your babies? Like before, you know, you were up running around doing all the things that you do now. Well, so I obviously, you know, downtime, the window when you have other little kids, you know, I mean, I had all of mine really close in age. So my oldest was, 21 months. And then my middle kid, when I had my, my daughter, he was only 19 months. So, I mean, I had babies still really, when you think about it, but I didn't go back to work um, with my daughter for a few months. I had her in November and I really thought that was a great time because then obviously with Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything, I could just chill out for a while, which was awesome. My first 
after seven weeks, he was on a plane with me to L.A. I took a red eye from L.A. to New York with him. I mean, I was just going, going. I had my mom with me, which was great. But it was really tough. And I, if I could go back and do it again, I would have just taken more time to chill out. You know, you can't get that time back. Um, so, I don't know. You learn as you go. Each kid's different. And I don't know. It just it changes. But I think because my daughter was my last one and I knew she was going to be my last one, I really just built it for everything it was worth. And I just enjoyed every second of her baby phase. I mean, that's that's what I'm telling myself. Like, I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm really going to take this time with her and I'm going to not rush myself. And then I see myself scheduling things that are like four weeks out. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know how to stop myself. Now, with the uh, with the other kids, I didn't have my business and I wasn't on the show or any of those other things. And I didn't have a podcast and I was like able to have that time. And I don't think I appreciated it. I, of course not, because you don't appreciate it when you're in the midst of it. That's <laughs> the of everything. But I know. I mean, I think on one hand, too, it is nice to get back into a groove after, you know, just sitting on the couch all day in leggings out with an ice patch. You know, I mean, it does feel nice to have a reason to get dressed in the morning and kind of feel like yourself again. But I do think there's beauty in, um, you know, just taking it slow and not being hard on ourselves and, and just you know, resting as much as possible because it, it is, it's hard and we're going on no sleep in the beginning. Yeah, that's definitely, true. well, somebody sent me the, the snoo or snoo. I might be pronouncing it. Have you heard of this? No. What's that? Okay. So apparently it like completely simulates the mother's womb and like you can rent that people are renting them. Everybody's talking about them. This is not an ad by the way, but I, I never had them with my other kids. We like set it up in my room. It tracks their heartbeat. It tracks the movements that they need. And everybody's like, oh, the baby will be sleeping like you won't believe. There's no colic. I'm like, so I am like ready to test it out. I already have it set up. I have like the app set up. My husband's like, you've lost your mind. I'm like, everybody swears by this. But there are always those like things that people swear by and then you get it and you're like, oh, that actually didn't work for me. Or, you know, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> um, how? But, I mean, when it comes to sleep, I would try everything and anything. So oh, yeah. I would be right there with you. <laughs> and then how is Jay like in the newborn phase? Because Edwin is like... You- <laughs> It's the most nervous human being touching the baby. He's like acting as if it's like a foreign object. He's like, hello. And I'm like, can you do the diaper? And he's like, can we wait till the umbilical cord falls off? (laughs) I know. Guys are so funny with newborn babies. Jay, with each kid, he'd be like, I'll be on, I'm on toddler duty. You're you're baby duty. I'm like, can you kill the baby for five seconds to give me a break? Um, I mean, he's the same way. He really, he's like, I'll come around when they're like seven, eight months old. (laughs) You know, I think it's guys just, I mean, I understand it too, but there were some nights where I know my husband was simply checking on me just to like, so he could say he did like, he'd be like, all good, babe. When the baby was crying and I'd be like, you're so full of it. You're just trying to be nice. And then you like put your headphones on to like drown out the noise and go like, must be nice. Jay, I'm like, I know you're awake and I know you're pretending to be asleep, <laughs> but I know exactly what you're doing, buddy. It's really insane. Because of the fights that you get into tonight when everyone's sleep deprived, everyone's delirious, and oh my, like, I have two girlfriends right now that have babies, and they're like, oh, the fighting that goes on in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, I know it, but it gets better. Trust me, it all gets better. But yeah, I'm really happy to be out of that, that newborn phase because it is so 
hard. It just is hard. You've just given me a reality check because I've totally blocked it out. And now that you're saying this, I'm reliving <laughs> all of these moments again. And I'm starting to I'm be like... I'm such a jerk. I'm sitting here like... No, but I need this because... I swear, this is why postpartum happens because everybody talks about how you're going to have this baby and then your life will be the best it's ever been. And there are moments that are so beyond hard and like they don't talk about those moments and they don't talk about the fact like I remember with my first baby, I thought that I was like going to have the baby and then like feel good to like, you know, trot out of the hospital like, you know, you, you see in like the magazines when you see like you know one of the princesses leaving like in her like pantsuit and i'm like i am sitting here in these underwear that are like bigger than my bathroom i i know am a disaster zone pregnant no one told me that i was like wait why is my why is my stomach so massive yeah why i actually feel worse in clothes yeah. after the baby comes than yeah. I do when I'm pregnant because then it's, exactly. it also is, it feels like something that you don't even realize it's like a goo your stomach is like this gooey feeling oh. and, uh, and it you, is a it is a weird feeling <laughs> and until you experience it you can't even explain it to somebody but that's exactly it's like goo it's, it's bizarre it's, and no one talked about that before I had a kid I was like whoa I wish someone would have warned me about that stuff yeah why did nobody uh, tell me about the goo and like why did nobody <laughs> like tell you that even though you're tired you really can't sleep even when you can sleep you're exactly. just staring there I know like staring at your child I know, and I felt like, especially with my first, I had all this adrenaline when I first got home from the hospital for like two weeks. I felt like I was just running off of adrenaline, and everyone, you know, my my mom, I didn't have a nanny until my oldest was seven months old, and so I remember my mom and my mother-in-law being like, you need to go lay down, like, go lay down and take some sleep. I'm like, I I can't. I literally cannot. I'm like, jacked up, and then at like three months is when it it hit me. It it all just came crashing down on me, and I got really tired, Um, but luckily, that's, you know, right when he was starting to sleep through the night, so it all worked out, but, you know, no one really, really talks about that stuff. Everyone is just like, it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened, and it is. It is the most amazing thing that will ever happen to anyone who has a kid, but it is also really hard, and so I think it's important just to have honest conversations about that so that people don't feel like they're alone off on a little island. Yeah, because then, and then you go through this phase where you're like, I don't want the people in my life to see how much I'm struggling, and then it makes things worse. Like, even recently, I have this thing, it's crazy, but it's called lightning crotch, doesn't that sound lovely? But it's where I'm walking, and then all of a sudden, I will, like, be brought down to my knee, it feels like somebody took a lightning bolt and, like, hit, and I didn't even realize it was a thing, I went to the doctor, I'm like every couple days this thing happens and I don't know, it never happened with the other kids and he's like, oh, a lightning crotch, totally normal. And I was like, what? Like, I thought I was going into early like labor. Like, what is this? And he's like, oh no, it just happens to some people. Like, and doctors are so casual about everything that then you feel like a crazy person. I'm like, well, I didn't realize and I'm walking with my kids and all of a sudden I'm like lean down on my knees, like shuddering in pain. Like, I wish I would have known that something like this was like a situation. So does it really, does it feel like your hoo-ha is like ripping apart? Like your phones are like literally ripping apart? Is that what it is? But it's, it only, I had that too. What? It's insane. It's brutal. And it hurts so bad. And it happens for no reason. Like, it's not like yeah. it's right after doing something strenuous or a workout. Like, the other day, I was just leaving my daughter's dance class. 
with like I wasn't dancing. I was just walking with her out of class, and I was like, oh, ow, ow, and she's like, you okay? Are you having the baby? I'm like, no. It's... And then how much do you explain to the other kids? Right. Yeah. Sorry, mommy's vagina feels like it's ripping, and she's like, "I'm fine." <laughs> Sorry. A little traumatizing. Sorry. Well, my son already thinks that the baby's coming out of my butt. Oh, that's always a lovely conversation, too, isn't it? Oh, for the longest time, my kids thought the babies came out of our belly buttons. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then, then I wonder, like, once we tell them, then they're going to tell everyone in school. And like, what is an appropriate age to to tell them? I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I have a like an OBGYN coming on later that I'm going to ask. But I did ask like our, my pediatrician, and she's like, you should just be very honest with them. So I was, and I just said, actually, Cruz, the babies come out of your vagina, and but now he's one he can't say but vagina, he says vagina. So now all the yeah. time he's like, how's the vagina, mom? Oh and, no! Like out in public at a restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, do you and he, like, can I see your vagina? No. Why? Oh, and no. then I look at the doctor. I'm like, I'm so glad you had me have this conversation with him. Yeah. Thanks a lot, doc. <laughs> now I look like the creepy mom, like just trying to like get lunch. Um, but yeah, no, it's so much craziness. Oh. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing. If you could leave the listeners with like one tip of like pregnancy and becoming a new mom, what would you say? I would say don't compare yourself to others and listen to people, but take it with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, as moms, we only know what's best for us and our babies. And every baby is different. Every experience is different. Parenting is different for each kid as well. And so I would just say, be open, but trust your gut. Listen to you, you know? And, and again, just don't compare because everyone is different. You know what? I couldn't love that advice more. So good and so true. And thank you so much, Kristen, for being on. I And you guys have to tune in to Very Cavallari. It's Thursday nights on E! It's so great, so funny. I love y'all's dynamic. And uh, oh, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I will talk to you later. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye, Teddy. Bye. Okay, how amazing is Kristen Cavallari? Like, I need her to live in Los Angeles and be one of my besties. Can you move? Thanks. Uh, now I am bringing on Dr. Tristan Bickman. She is the author of Whoa Baby, a guide for new moms who feel overwhelmed and freaked out and wonder what the lot of asterisks just happened. Um, she is a board-certified OBGYN with affiliations with St. John's Health Center and UCLA. I mean, the list goes on and on, and she's going to really help us. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Everybody, let's welcome Dr. Tristan. Is that what I should call you? Sure. Okay, perfect. We're so excited because essentially what this podcast is, is I ask my listeners what they want to hear about. Okay. And then they write in questions and then we kind of take our cues from there. And something that everybody's obsessed about is like the good, the bad, and the ugly of being pregnant and childbirth and all of that and all of the things that you're frightened to actually find out from your OBGYN or too embarrassed to ask in front of your husband or whatever it may be like I'm gonna start off with like you it's a very embarrassing story that happened to me but I had absolutely no idea it was even something that could happen um <laughs> when I was having my baby one um my first my husband kept saying when I was in delivery she's coming she's coming and I was like 
looking at the doctor and he didn't seem very positive about it and he's like she, he's like i see her head i see her head babe you're getting there and then i'd look at the doctor and he would shake his head like Mm-mm. and i'm like what the heck is happening finally edwin like goes to the restroom or something and i'm like dr g what is happening why does he keep saying the baby's coming and he's not coming and he's like oh, teddy you don't want to know can you just not know i'm like i need to know what does he think is the baby's head and she's like well, you've you've gotten a hemorrhoid, and every time you push, it fills up with blood, and your husband thinks that that's the baby's head. And I'm like, no, like you've got, no, that isn't happening. That isn't what he's seeing down there. And I remember being like, one, why did nobody tell me this happens? Two, what do I do now? Three, how long am I going to have this hemorrhoid? And which was a while until did it go I, away. No, it, <laughs> yes, now one way because I had to get it removed. I had to go get one of those things where they like put a little rubber, like, yeah, like a rubber band, band it, around yeah. it and then it falls off. But like, please, like these are the things that you're just not warned about. And I mean, I still to this day, I like hope my husband doesn't listen to this podcast because like I never told him like that wasn't actually the baby's head. <laughs> but these are the types of things that I don't think that people really know going into the hospital. Like why does no one tell you tell mothers that they leave the hospital in basically diapers? And like what is actually happening down there that we need to leave in diapers? Well, number one, presuming it's a vaginal delivery or even actually for a C-section, there's so much bleeding that a little a little mini pad isn't going to take care of it. Um number one, number two, we ask you not to use tampons. So you need something that's very large. You need something that's very absorbent and that doesn't leak. And also that's not tight because you want nothing touching you down there. Sounds comfy, huh, ladies? I'm days out from this. And then you get a nice yeast infection (laughs) because you get all the the non-cotton absorbent uh, liners. Also, also, when I would go to the restroom, I would have to like squirt water on myself at the same time because the pee would hurt my my privates. Right. It's like salt in a wound. And like Dermablast became my best friend. They gave me one. Which you can't buy, by the way. You can't? Yeah. No. Yeah, I was you about have to, to go- just ask for multiple. Okay, good to know. Because I was like, I need to go on Amazon and like buy a 12 pack because yeah. that was. Just keep stalking from the minute you get to postpartum. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. And can you explain, and I don't actually know what this is, but can you explain the bloody show? So the bloody show is referring to something pre-delivery. Okay. This is not postpartum. This is prior to going into labor. It's usually as your cervix starts to soften, which is part of labor, and you kind of wipe and you see a little blood. Is it the same as the mucus plug? No. The the mucus plug is this entity which I feel is super overrated and over-talked about, so I won't talk about it a lot. Um, But it's a piece of mucus that, that serves as a little protection in the cervix. Some people see it fall out. Some people don't see it fall out. Some people think when it falls out, it means labor is imminent, but it really has nothing to do with the timing of labor. That's good to know because yeah. honestly, I've been looking for one. I haven't seen it and I'm supposed to be having a baby soon. Yeah. But with my daughter, I was induced. And with my son, he came on his own. My water broke, but I still never had any bloody show or mucus plug or really any warning that he was going to be coming. Like I just like got up to use the restroom like it was any morning. And then all of a sudden, also, it's a lot of water, right? Like I had a lot of water. It's a lot of water in the sack. When the sack tears, the water comes out. So it depends how big the tear is in the sack. Oh, so that might be why I had had a large tear. Like I had to go. I remember... (laughs) 
my husband drove a, a sports car to take me to the hospital and because we had to like have his mom there driving the, my daughter to preschool you know whatever it was and i remember having to like wrap myself in towels to go to the hospital because it wasn't stopping right because that's it, not for every that's not everyone no some people have a little trickle in fact they don't even know what's happening because they think it's just sweat or a little bit of urine leaking so I could be, my water could be breaking right now. It could be, you could be peeing on yourself. Your water could be broken. <laughs> um, a, a lot of people have this question and truthfully, I don't have an answer for it. I just have kind of embraced mine, but it's stretch marks. How do moms get rid of them? How do you like, is there something they should be doing during pregnancy? I mean, I've been putting a little bit of like coconut butter on, but like not religiously. Yeah. Mostly it's genetic. So I think if you got them the first time, you're probably going to get them the second time or get them the third time. Um, people do use creams. They market a lot of creams. Personally, I use creams and I didn't get stretch marks, but I don't really credit it to the creams. However, I used it every time because it worked. But there are people that use creams and they still get stretch marks and it's mostly genetic. See, I got stretch marks on my upper legs, like on my like groin area, mm -hmm. but I didn't get any on my stomach. On your abdomen, yeah. And then they say, I don't know if this is true, but if you didn't get it with your first, you're probably not going to get them with your third. Correct. Because of the, the genetics. The genetics. Okay. So that makes sense. All right. This is a personal thing that actually affects me. Best advice for lightning crotch. Like I will be walking and be brought down to my knees. I was just talking to our other guest about it and I was like, and she said the same thing happened to her. Yeah, the, the, the hard thing about it is it's unpredictable. It's, it stops you in your tracks when it happens, and you don't know when it's coming. Sometimes it's, it's from the pressure of the uterus with the growing baby pushing on different nerves. So sometimes if it gets really severe, you can wear like a belly binder and elevate your abdomen and your uterus, and that might kind of alleviate the pressure on the nerves. But outside of that, it's... And there's it, nothing that you could have done to make it not happen or anything? Correct. All right. Well, what about tips for preventing swollen feet? Drink lots of fluid, minimize your salt, and keep your feet elevated. Okay. Um, and outside of that, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine are to the point now where, like, I grew out of my sneakers. Yeah, like wear open-toed shoes or mules. yeah like these like things exactly. i have on right now they my husband are like are those slippers are you going to iheart and slippers i'm like mm -hmm, yes i am <laughs> they're very comfortable and pretty much pajamas um what are the pros and cons of c-section and vaginal birth that's a that's a big question i know um well i can tell you differences okay like pros and cons so the big difference mostly what i tell my patients is a vaginal delivery is very unpredictable it could go, especially on a first, we have nothing to compare it to. For years since you've had it, two others, maybe it's a little bit more predictable. We know you can do it, so odds are you can do it again. But for someone who hasn't had a delivery before, with a vaginal delivery, it could be super easy. It could be quick. It could be three minutes of pushing and no tears. To it could be 50 hours of labor and six hours of pushing and still a C-section or a big tear and you're sitting on your side for six weeks wishing you never did that. Right. So it's very unpredictable. With a C-section, if it all goes well, and usually they do, it's very it's very predictable. You walk in, you get your anesthesia, takes 10 or 15 minutes to get the baby out and about the same to sew everything up and you, you go to your recovery room. So it's very predictable. So those are the two big differences in terms of what to expect in terms of medically. Well, C-section's a surgery, so there's risk to surgery that aren't risk to vaginal delivery. There's risks of infection. There's risk of injuring other um, structures inside your abdomen while we're operating, and there's risk of other post-operative complications. With a vaginal delivery, there's, there's risk to you of tearing, and a lot of the risks with a vaginal delivery 
once you've gotten to that point, it's almost too late to turn back. So you just kind of have to manage it at that moment. You could have a big tear, you could have a little tear, you could be incontinent, you could not be incontinent, you could have more hemorrhoids. Um, so there's complications on that end. And then in terms of the fetus, there's other complications too. With a vaginal delivery, with a C-section, if you walk in just for a scheduled C-section, you kind of walked in with a healthy baby and presumably you're going to walk out with a healthy baby. Um, with a vaginal delivery, there could be fetal distress that we can't predict. Of course, if the fetal distress is too severe, then we would do a C-section. And then what about like the stitch? So like, I, I feel... The I don't, stitch? Well, some people, I remember... So, this happened to one of my friends, not me. I, I think I... I think I had a big tear with one and not a tear on the with the other. I blocked it out. I don't actually know the answer, so I don't. We probably to. lied to you anyway. I, so. I, but I have a girlfriend that she got stitched, but they like stitched her in a spot. And I remember about two weeks later, she was like, "Guys, I think there's like an extra hole or something," because they stitched and then they left a little spot, and it became and she had to get the whole thing stitched, restitched. So how big are these tears? How many stitches are actually happening? Like how many, I don't even know how many stitches I've had. I, I blanked all that out. Well, I describe the vagina to patients as kind of like a mouth. When I explain the tears, you could tear like down to your chin. You could tear inside to your molars. You could tear up. So you could really tear any which way. And depending on the severity of the tear dictates usually the recovery. Um, not necessarily the more tears, the harder recovery, but the deeper the tear. So the deeper the like the deeper the cut, the longer it's going to take to heal. Um, but you could you could tear any possible way. It's you're getting something smaller out of something bigger. You know, something bigger out of something smaller. So it's it's got to give, and it's not the baby's head that gives. Mm, that's I'm I'm remembering some things. And, and we don't really quantify suturing. People always like someone this morning emailed me. Can you tell me how many stitches I had last June? And I mean, no, I don't remember. <laughs> like, I remember yesterday, <laughs> but <laughs> um, we don't count the stitches. We we talk about the level of tearing. And is it true that you cannot leave the hospital until you've had your first bowel movement? Not true. Not true? Not true. Why am I drinking so much prune juice when I'm there then? Good question. They want, they want your stool not to be hard when it does okay. come out, okay. but it doesn't need to come out okay. prior. It doesn't. So it you does can not. I do remember it not being very pleasurable, though. That, yeah, that it, first it, can be, it can be sore. And people often are terrified of it, so they kind of hold it back, which then can lead to more constipation, which can then make it harder physically when it does come out. What is the cure, or what are some of the things you can do to alleviate that from the constipation from getting bad? So constipation can be caused from a lot of different things postpartum, from the anesthesia, from having not eaten, from taking pain medicine, which is super constipating, from taking iron in your vitamins, which is super constipating. So a lot of these things are constipating. So I, I don't put my patients on prenatal vitamins right away after delivery, or I ask them to take the gummies without iron because that'll decrease the constipation. We tell them to limit their narcotics if they need to. If they don't, I ask mine to take a stool softener every time they take a narcotic to kind of counteract that, and then to drink lots of water and to eat foods high in fiber. So now that you're bringing up narcotics, how long are after delivery are you normally on narcotics? Everybody's different. Some people don't ask for a prescription. Some people are calling for refills. So okay. it's it's like, do you stay home when you get a cold or do you fight through it? it it's a lot about just the person specifically. And which trimester have you seen has been the hardest for moms emotionally? For me, it's been different with every 
every baby? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, I think the second is the easiest. Yeah. Um, you're you're not feeling really crappy like you are in the first. You're not nauseated. You're not tired. You're not feeling big and tired and full like you are in the third. So the second is usually the best. And then it really depends on how bad that first trimester is for people. If people have a really bad first trimester, that probably wins. Yeah, so it's like some people get really, really sick. Like right. I had a girlfriend that just was throwing up the entire first trimester. And for me, I didn't, this baby, I didn't even know I was pregnant until I was nine weeks pregnant because I wasn't having any right. signs. And this is my first natural, getting pregnant naturally. But I thought, like, truthfully, I thought, like, maybe I escaped all the symptoms this time. Like, I was like, I am, like, feeling good. I am busy. I am, like, I am able to do all of these things. I'm feeling awesome. And honestly, the last three weeks, I feel like I was run over by a Mack truck. How many weeks are you? I'm 38.5, 39 oh. weeks oh, pregnant. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So for you, the third trimester is the worst because you had a an easy first trimester. So if it, you were your friend, she probably would have said her first was worse. So it just really depends where you are. And I think the biggest thing is like, I finally learned, you know, it, it took me three times, but to kind of say how I'm feeling and, and start addressing it. Whereas like the first, you know, I didn't want to say how I was feeling to my family. You know, I was like, Oh, I just want to, I want to white knuckle through it. But this time I can be like, Hey guys, I'm a little bit tired. Like Sunday, I'm going to go watch the football game with you guys. But then like, can you maybe do like a daddy and kiddo date, like at the park and I can maybe rest a little bit. Like, whereas before I wouldn't have said it, but like, I, I know myself and if I don't say those things and I don't set those boundaries, I'm moody. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to ask for help. <laughs> Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What is the best piece of advice you would give to an expecting mother going through her first pregnancy? To go into it with an open mind. It's very unpredictable. And I always tell my patients not to overthink it, just to keep it really simple. Like you, you're getting pregnant and you're going to walk out with a healthy baby. And that's just, it's, it's a long process and it could go a million different ways. And especially for a first, we have nothing to compare it to. The patient has nothing to compare it to. I have nothing to compare it to for the patient. Um, and it's just very unpredictable and just go in with an open mind. Don't beat yourself up about things. Stop, stop Googling <laughs> and call me or email me if you have any questions. Oh, I feel like I'm a doctor of Google, though. I love to take myself down rabbit holes of things that don't exist. Um, now they, we're getting to questions that people are asking me that I might need you to weigh in on because I don't I can say how it affected me, but I don't know the actual answer. Okay. Um, what is my absolute hospital must have? Um, for me, I think it was comfy like PJs. Like I really don't like the te texture of the hospital gown that they give you. It's like kind of crunchy and like I'm a texture kind of gal. So like for me, I really needed that. But what do you think is like a common thing? That's, that's great. I also tell patients to bring chapstick. Oh, yeah. Because their lips get super chapped in labor and we're not letting them really drink a lot and they don't really feel like drinking a lot. So chapsticks is, chapsticks is helpful. Um, of course, you know, your own toothbrush, slippers to walk around in a robe so you can keep covered. If you do wear the hospital gown, it shows your back. So to wear a robe. Oh, yeah. But the true. hospital otherwise really, really provides a lot. And you know what the best thing that hospitals have? Crushed ice. <laughs> You know what? Like I wanted to buy a crushed ice maker afterwards because it was so delicious the way they would like deliver the water or the prune apple juice combo. Yeah. Like I thought it was like a delicious cocktail. Um, what is one thing I have learned from my previous deliveries that I would do differently with this one? Um, my first delivery, I was I had this whole birth plan and all of this, you know, 
I really thought I was going to follow everything to a T. And what that ended up doing to me was gave me like a little bit of like postpart. I, I created more anxiety in myself by like wanting the birth plan to go exactly the certain way by wanting her to sleep schedule to go exactly. I was so structured that I was unable to be in the moment. Yeah, I agree. I tell my patients, you know, of course, our birth plan is to have a healthy baby. Yeah. But you set yourself up for disappointment if you have all these expectations. And if they don't go right, then you're kind of beating yourself up for something that was so unnecessary. So I really, like I said before, tell my patients to try and keep it simple, not to overthink it. And if you say you want this and you end up not wanting it, let it go and yeah, just, just move th on. Things are going to change and they're going to shift and they're not going to go exactly according to plan. And sometimes they're not going to go exactly according to the way your doctor answered it. You know, like I remember being like, but, but so my, the pediatrician said this, this means this. And then I would like email her and she'd be like, yeah, that's fine. You know, like I just gave you the answer. Um, uh, I had a, a couple of miscarriages um, before getting pregnant with my son. So somebody's asking me, what are things that you can do to feel secure during your pregnancy when you've had miscarriages? I don't necessarily know the answer to this. When I was in the midst of having miscarriages, there's nothing anybody could have said to me to change the way I was feeling. I was very emotional. I was very sad. Um, and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yes, I'd love to say, you know, just try to take it moment by moment, know that it's meant to be, it's going to happen. But I was not that way. I, I just have to be honest. I was kind of the most upset I had ever been. Um, with this baby, I haven't had those feelings because I wasn't having the miscarriages right beforehand. So I've really just tried to embrace this pregnancy as this pregnancy. And I haven't had those concerns, but I don't know if that's because I didn't have miscarriages leading up to this baby. That makes sense. You know, I have some, of course I have patients who've had miscarriages and I tell them, you know, whatever it takes to kind of get you through that period, if it's coming in for ultrasounds every day, every week, doing blood tests more frequently just to reassure that everything's moving along, then we can do that. These are all non-invasive ways that are completely safe to help reassurance. So if you're feeling that way, reach out to your doctor and there's ways that they can work with you. I mean, that's huge. Definitely. Um, how long do you bleed after giving birth? I can't remember. I tell my patients up to eight weeks, usually getting better not worse of course a sign of it's getting worse would be something a reason to call your doctor but six weeks is pretty typical <laughs> the next one did i poop on the table is that real okay i don't know if i did it was a hemorrhoid it was i know i had a bloody hemorrhoid so i mean i feel like that's just as bad um i don't know if i pooped on the table no one told me if i did i never saw any wiping of poop i do have a girlfriend this is she took castor oil before she wanted to have the baby and that because she wanted to like induce labor. She was like 41 weeks pregnant. She read online. I guess it's you're supposed to take like a little teaspoon. She took whatever the bigger spoon, like whatever it was. She messed it up and she had like explosive <clears throat> during childbirth because of the castor oil. And then the, the icing on the cake of this story is that then her mom is trying to like fix the situation because the husband's in there and they have a videographer and she thinks she's getting baby wipes out of her purse to wipe her down, but she actually got Clorox wipes and like 
<laughs> like bleaching her skin, like burning her. So I don't know about the poop. I do know, like, I'm not ever going to take castor oil because of that story. But how common is it that somebody poops on the table? Super common. So I probably did, is what you're saying? This is your third, at least one out of three. <laughs> this might and be when it. Did I? <laughs> if not, it's your lucky day. Um, <laughs> oh, how do I shave my vagina when you can't see it? Well, um, I think that, you know, there's different options for everybody. A lot of people have done laser hair removal prior to having a baby. Um, for me, I just like kind of wing it. <laughs> it works out for the best. I don't know that there's like the best way. I, I mean, I've, I've had a vagina in the same place for a long time. So like I just kind of reach down there and hope for the best. But I don't, I mean, I don't think it's like the prettiest it's ever looked, but I don't know. Yeah, definitely people miss spots. <laughs> <laughs> So being from, spoken from a doctor herself is not looking at bad. Including myself, by the way. <laughs> Some people I know have like their husbands do it. I No never, way never, I would trust never. my husband with a razor near my vagina. <laughs> Sorry, not going to happen. I'd rather be spotty. Um, any tips for relieving the pressure down there after having the baby? Ice. Ice can help with the swelling. The, the cold helps contract vessels and tissue so that it can help with the swelling. It also numbs it a little bit. The ice is most helpful in the first 24 hours. So like beyond that, it's just time. Uh, yeah. For me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Will I record the labor? All right. So I don't actually know the answer to this question because I've been burned because my husband recorded me, me having the, the hemorrhoid baby. <laughs> Uh, the bloody hemorrhoid baby he recorded and then he sent it out to people and I was like he wasn't like also recording like a production cam like in the right flattering areas he was like recording the full thing and like sent it to like our parents that weren't there in the room and like our friends and it wasn't until his assistant texted me and was like hey you should tell Edwin he's texting out like I don't know that you want to see it. And I'm like, Ed, what are you sending people? And he was like, just this. You can't really see anything. I'm like, you can see everything. Like, I, I'm i still embarrassed with that video. And it's like on one of our iPads. Well, maybe this is your time to redeem yourself. <laughs> I, I don't know. So that's still up in the air. Um, and will I breastfeed? Um, my plan is yes. Um with my daughter, I breastfed for seven months, and then I still pumped. And with my son, he immediately was in the nick, the NICU, and he would never latch. So I always pumped with him. And it was really, I have to be honest, it was really hard to consistently pump when he would never latch. Um, and so I, I really don't know. And to be perfectly honest, I have to ask you about this. I had my boobs done after my son. And I don't know if that is going to change anything when it comes to, I was didn't think I was going to get pregnant again. So I never thought to even ask those questions. Like, will that change things when it comes to breastfeeding? It shouldn't. It shouldn't? You, it, you should, yeah, it should not affect it. Okay. So, but, but to answer, to say one thing, you know, it's not so much, I mean, the breastfeeding is good for bonding, but most importantly that you're giving the baby your milk. Right. So if you need to pump, you need to pump. Yeah. That's, so, that's more important. I mean, that's my plan is to breastfeed, but I, I have learned that beating myself up right after I have a baby isn't the best thing and that I just have to see what works for us and trust that whatever my body's letting me do and whatever the baby wants to do is what's best for us. 
And I see, you know, I remember when I was in the NICU, there was a mom next to me and her son was solely in the NICU because she was upset that her breast milk wasn't coming in. And I'm not, I just remember thinking, wow, you know, like there's, there's huge problem. Like this is not the world's biggest problem. And we take things and we really make things, you know, hard on ourselves. And it's like, I know that moment where you're just like beyond, you want things to go a certain way and you can in this, you cannot control it. Right. True. Yeah. And the most important of course, is the baby gets nutrition. Yeah. Mm-hmm whatever means and i and i tell patients patients come to me trying to breastfeed and they ask for antidepressants for breastfeeding and i'm like let it go you know just (laughs) feed the baby don't you got to enjoy the baby otherwise you're getting so obsessed about this that you're losing sight of this newborn you have and it's just taking over everything yeah so it, it not everybody can do it and that's okay and i think that's the that's that's the thing with with parenting and with becoming a mom like we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to do the best that we can and you know listen to your gut instinct most of the time like your motherly instinct is right i mean am i right correct um what would you leave our listeners with one thing like if they are about to have a baby or they're in the midst of like a hard pregnancy what would your tip be that it's all worth it that that you know it whatever however it goes it's worth it if it if it ends up in a c-section it's worth it if you end up not breastfeeding it's okay if you're sitting home on your side and someone else has to take care of the baby for a while because you can't it, it's okay and it, at the end of the day you'll probably do it again and again because it is <laughs> worth it at the end of the day you'll have a seven five-year-old that don't appreciate you bark at you and actually are the best things that ever happened to you so it, it's amazing thank you so much you're thanks welcome. for helping us my pleasure. Best of luck to you. And guys, I'm like gone for a bit because I'm like on a maternity leave-ish. I don't know. I'm, I say I'm going to be back real quick, but we'll see how long it takes. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Teddy Teapot on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., 
And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.